0: Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter.
1: Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome.
2: told you we wouldn't be that long. Hey. It's like not this like it's been nothing. It, it has been nothing. Yeah. So we're, we like we said last episode, we're only doing one thing per episode this time. Yep. Um so, and then we're going to you know, so we can take it slow, we can relax, luxuriate in the experience we just had. Yeah, and also so these episodes don't come out a year from now. Exactly. That also cuz we just forgot lots of things about the other games. Oh yeah. But this game is fresh. Oh yes, we just beat it today. Oh yeah, I'm Final Fantasy fan. Mystic Quest. So good. We played it for um, Super Nintendo mm-hmm. on the Super Nintendo on the Super Nintendo on an original cartridge. We did it. We did it. Um, Probably like it was ten hours or so. Yeah, it took us about ten hours. Not bad. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a good time. Yeah, me too. It was it was pretty good. So, like overall, I'd say. Um, it was easy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the the history of this game. If you look into it, this was made be like kind of for the West, but it, it was released in in Japan as well. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to make it easier, um, easier than most Final Fantasy games, like for the the Western audience, because they thought like North Americans, they're not as smart. You know, they got a the dumb game. They got them. yeah they got Got us so they made an easier game and it it is a very easy game but it's not easy it's not unfun yeah play i thought it was fun i would say like in a simple way to say it like it was just like kind of press a the game yeah like it was a lot of just like hitting a and just like attacking Mm -hmm. over and over but that doesn't mean it's bad no like it's still very fun and like engaging yeah, and we did like die a couple times also. Yeah. Um but it was it had like an instant like comeback system mm-hmm. where it's like, "Oh, you can just restart the fight." Yeah, which was also cool. I like that cuz in other Final Fantasy games, I remember we have like lost a ton of progress before by like dying at a boss and then having to go through the whole dungeon again. Yeah, and that gets really annoying. Yeah. Um but so as far as the story goes for this game, you are it starts like Right the away. Res, like there's like an earthquake happening or something. Yeah. You are an unnamed adventurer. I think the wiki calls him Benjamin. Oh yeah. Um, but like you're just there, just chilling, I guess, on a mm-hmm. mountain. And some guy named White shows up and he's like a magical man. He's like, There's a prophecy about a Dark Lord. He's trying to take over the world. And uh you gotta save the crystals, my man. The four crystals. Yeah. And that's what you do. You do it. You go around the world with different party members. Will join you. You have like a party of two, mm-hmm. um, and you just fight. Which is, I would say, that's unique. That's the first kind of yeah first first two party uh, or two party member system that we've like done. Which I yeah. thought they did it really well. Honestly, oh, I feel yeah. like I feel like if this game had four party members, it would be way overpowered. Yeah, <laughs> like and it was cool too because it starts. You can manually control. Your party member, but we stuck with the default. Is like they just auto do whatever they mm-hmm. want, which was cool. Um, it made it, it made it easy breezy. Yeah, and and I felt like it made it seem like we were our character more. Yeah, like we didn't have control over our buddy. Yeah, it was more Benjamin's story rather than like a whole cast of people. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, you you there's like a tower called the Focus Tower, which is like a like a central tower in this world. You have to use coins to unlock mm-hmm. different parts of the tower, which you get from like defeating these people who are these like bosses who are taking over the crystals. Mm-hmm. You know, you save the crystals, you get through the tower, you fight the Dark Lord, classic Final Fantasy stuff. Oh, one thing uh, that I would say is different um, that I thought about a lot like in between us playing mm-hmm. was because um, there's not really like an overworld like normal Final Fantasy games, yeah. or at least the ones that we've been playing so far. Um, where it's like you walk around and you just like get random encounters mm-hmm. uh, I would say it was more like uh Super Mario Bros 3 overworld yeah. where you're just like you're just like a Going little sprite like... on top of this area and you can move to other areas in like a line yeah it's yeah it's very much like go to this town go here yeah, you're not getting random fights but and even like when you're in dungeons and stuff you're not getting mm-hmm. random fights there are enemies on the the map. Yeah, and you can walk up to them and fight them if you want. But you, you can most of the time get around enemies if you want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, then like in the overworld, there were battlefields which were just like, do you want to grind like ten fights real quick? Yeah, and then you can do that, and you get like a little bonus XP at the end or something. Yeah, and sometimes you got like items. Yeah, there, there were like rings you could get, or like there was always like gold and XP. Yeah. And I, I remember one time there was like a ring we got. Yeah, we got like a like an a, uh, equipment or something. Mm-hmm. Um. What what else was like unique about this game? I, I liked the magic system in this game. Yeah. Me because too. instead of just having like MP in general, you had like spell slots for white magic, spell slots for black magic, spell slots for um like wizard magic they called yeah, it. Yeah. Um but like they all leveled up in different ways and you had like usually you had more white magic, you had like black magic was in the middle, and then the wizard spells were like the more powerful ones mm-hmm. that you had less slots of. Yeah, I think towards the end we only had eight wizard slots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked I liked that magic system. I thought it was cool to mm-hmm. like limit it in that way. Um, yeah. Anything else like that stands out to you about this game? There was uh, jumping, like oh, similar we jumping. to Final Fantasy Adventure. Yeah, and like a hook shot kind of thing. Yeah. Um, one thing I did like. This happens sometimes in uh, Final Fantasy games. Is There's like different, uh, like sprites for the monsters depending on if they're close to dying or not. But also for like for most of the bosses, Mm -hmm. there were like more than two sprites for for them. Like yeah, there were like a few bosses that had like four sprites or something, which I thought was really really cool. Yeah, I I liked seeing like the progressive like damage happening on Mm -hmm. like, and every enemy had it, which was super cool. Yeah, and some of them were really funny. Yeah. um what 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 else what else can we say about this game we we, i mean we have to mention our Mm -hmm. boy our boy spencer our boy spencer and his beautiful place that gets blown up so many times just just to explain there's a town you go to some girl that is your party member i think her name's phoebe Mm -hmm. her she's just like you got to visit my i think grandpa or something dad dad or grandpa And he's just like, yeah, go under my house, and he's there. And you go under the house, and like every time you enter a new area, it shows the name of the area above, Mm -hmm. and it just said Spencer's place. Yeah, (laughs) like it doesn't have like cave of mist or something. It's just like it's a Spencer's place. Spencer's place. This is little like uh, his little place that he goes. His uh, man cave. (laughs) Yeah, and it was a cave. It was a literal cave. Yeah, and it did get blown up, like you said, multiple times. Yes. Um, but we loved Spencer and his place. It was so cool and we just could not get Spencer's place out of our head oh, no. the every, whole time. Every time a song would play, the soundtrack was playing, it was always mm. Spencer's place going to Spencer's place. Also, the music in this game was bopping. Oh yeah. Especially the Fireburg theme. Yeah, theme Fireburg theme was so good. so good. And and we found this out like right towards the end uh like almost all the themes of like the main towns. Mm-hmm. There's like what Fireburg, Windia, Windia um the, what was the first Forresta? one yeah foresta and then the ice one whatever the ice one was i don't remember yeah. what the ice one was glacier or something yeah, who could say some shit like that uh but they they were all they all had like kind of the same song but yeah. like in a different style yeah it was like the sea it was like the same arrangement like a similar arrangement but yeah mm-hmm. in different styles yeah. which was cool um and yeah this game another thing i wanted to mention it has. It was basically the same development team as Final Fantasy Legend Three, mm-hmm. which is like I think when we first started playing it, I, I instantly was like, "This has some like Final Fantasy Legend yeah, vibes." It was to wacky it. for sure. Yeah, and so yeah, I looked that up. It, it has the same development team as Legend Three, mm-hmm. so yeah, it has like you know same composer, same like people and everything. Yeah, um, but yeah, just a great, just a great game. I, I think I had mm-hmm. I had a good time with it. It it makes sense why people say this is like a classic. Yeah. It it was a nice a nice playthrough for sure. Yeah. One thing I do uh do want to say is in Fireburg, like Fireburg's mm-hmm. the best town for sure. Yeah. Um there's like a, a hotel, I think it says yeah, on the hotel. top. And inside uh there's there's like a band and you can go up <laughs> to them and they, they play a sweet song. Yeah, and it's it's a sweet song for sure. Uh but yeah, that that's basically all I have to say. It's a good it's a good game. I think they should like we played this on the super nintendo mm-hmm. Th- that's the only place you can play this game it hasn't been yeah. re-released at all as far as i know like not even like digitally yeah or anything. i have no idea i i think it's time mm-hmm. bring it back yeah they've hd been remix back- yeah exactly they've been bringing back other games lately like uh, i don't know if you've seen there's a like saga collection that came out oh, on wow. the switch so you can Ooh. play all the Final Fantasy Legend games on your Switch now. And, and it, they're, like, remastered and everything. What? Well, we they're should... not, like... You know, they're just kind of, like, slightly updated. It's yeah. not, like, a full reason. We re- should check that remake. out, though. Yeah. Um, so that's come out. I think there was a, also a Mana collection that came out. So Final Fantasy Adventure mm-hmm. was also recently re-released that's on the awesome. Switch. So you can play all these old games on the Switch now. Um Except for Mystic Quest, yeah, they, they gotta should, get to it. They should get to it. Honestly, I I had lots lots of fun with this. Like it's it's very fun to play on the Super Nintendo. But I know like a ton of people don't have the original console, yeah. and if they do, maybe it's not working or something. Mm-hmm. It's always good to update that stuff. Yeah, Come on, definitely folks, gotta get it. Keep keep the Mystic Quest alive. Yes, um, it, 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 you know, and it's a fun, it's a good like intro. Mm-hmm. um rpg for for your kids yeah or absolutely i i think the the overworld is what made it a lot easier yeah. um because like in like final i was like comparing it to final fantasy one for example like if i played final fantasy one as a kid which i did mm-hmm. i would not be able to get very far and yeah. i didn't but in this i think i could beat this as a kid. oh yeah um like we used a walkthrough but some there were some times when we were like in a dungeon where we were just like you know we got it. We yeah. understand how this dungeon works. Yeah, and and I think that's really good. And yeah. like I agree with you that it could be like a good intro to like a Final Fantasy game or RPG kind of mm-hmm. game. Like yeah, what what I did like also was like you had a bunch of different like weapons that mm-hmm. you could uh, like sort through. Uh, like you had sword, axe, grapple hook mm-hmm. or whatever, and then bomb, and each of them had their own uh like thing you could do in the map or, or not uh in like a dungeon yeah like a sword could poke like these sarcophagus looking guys and like flip a switch mm-hmm. the axe could chop down trees um and flip certain switches mm-hmm. and then obviously the grapple was like a hook shot kind of thing where you could get to other areas and then bomb is bomb, yeah which which i thought too. was cool yeah blows blows up stuff which oh th- that was, was cool. the thing that was like this reminds me of legend also was they were like grenades, like the the last, because yeah. uh, you were upgrading your weapons as you went along, mm-hmm. and the last upgrade to the bomb was the mega grenade or something. Yeah, yeah. But oh yeah, so I remember the thing I was going to say. Uh, I like, we mentioned this in one of the previous episodes. Another game did this. Mm-hmm. But I liked that when a party member joined you, they were a higher level, so that you knew which level you sh- should be around yes. during this dungeon. So like people would be like, oh, they're at level like, 23 maybe i should start like grinding a little bit and fighting some enemies mm-hmm. that i don't need to fight just so i can get up to their level so yeah. i liked that it lends itself to the like making the game easier for people yeah um and letting you know like you should be around this level at this point mm-hmm. and even then like i felt like we were like over leveled towards the end yeah. of the game like we really breezed through it and, and speaking of levels uh we like you looked it up while we were playing that uh the max level oh, yeah. is forty one. I don't know why it's a weird 41. number. And, and I think at the end we were level thirty four. Yeah, which was so close. Yeah, and I think we looked at like the speed run mm-hmm. of this game, and they were like level twenty one or something. Yeah, level like, twenty one was the speed run level. Yeah, which is just so weird. I don't know why they capped it at that, but I guess like it made sense just because yeah. like we were basically one shotting every like yeah. enemy towards the end. So let's run down like some of some Final Fantasy classic things that were in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, no airships. I think this is like one of the first games yeah. we played with no airships. There there was like a, a, a boat, ship. Yeah, or a ship. Boat. Um obviously there is Four Crystals. Four crystals, yeah, Dark Lord. Warrior of light kind oh, of in Benjamin. That was, that was another another thing about the story. Um at the end, the the guy that, like, talked to you at the beginning, White, that, like, m- oh, magical-looking yeah. guy, he revealed himself to be the crystal of light. Mm-hmm. And he's not a guy at all. He was just another crystal guiding you through. So yep. there's five crystals five in this crystals. bad boy. But, yeah, four elemental crystals. There's so many crystals in this yeah. bad boy. <laughs> four elemental crystals, Dark Lord. Um. There was Excalibur. Yep, Excalibur. I think there are no Chocobos, no nope. Sid. No Sid. Um... I think that's almost everything that yeah. like I can think of. That's weird because I don't know. Like while we were playing it, it definitely felt like a Final Fantasy yeah. game. But yeah, looking back on it, there's not a lot that is kind of like a Final Fantasy mm-hmm. game. I yeah. guess. I mean, they had. We also mentioned last time, like when stores will have like a picture above them to show mm-hmm. you where what they are. Like there were like the in pictures. Yeah, and there and were stuff. no stores. Yeah, no stores besides there the just inn. people. Yeah, just people, and like sometimes people would sell you stuff like bombs, or yeah. whatever, potions. But they were uh, always like we, they only sold one thing, yeah, and you had to go to a different person if you wanted to buy like a potion or something. And and most of the time you didn't even really need to do that because you would just find everything on, like in the dungeons or wherever yeah. you would go. So yeah, I, I mean, let's sh- are we ready to rank this bad boy? I think I'm ready to rank. Let's rank this bad boy. So we will move on. To our first um, ranking system, ranking mm-hmm. list, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. The most enjoyable. Now, where are we going to place this bad boy on the most enjoyable list? Mm. Uh, above the Legend games? I would say above the Legend games. Hmm. Yeah, above the Legend games, at least. Above Adventure? Let's think about this now. Mm. So I guess, I think this question, it's very similar to Adventure as well. Yeah. So I think the question is, like, do we like the turn-based? Do we like the action-based system that Adventure had? I I would say, like, going back to when I said it was, like, press A the game. Yeah. Like, I would say that part of the game was the least enjoyable, was the fighting. Mm. But... I really enjoyed like all the characters, and I thought it was like a fun like yeah. story. Mm-hmm. But I would say that like just generic fighting. So like yeah, I feel definitely. like I feel like I would personally put it below adventure. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'd agree with that because even if I liked this story. It, it was like just a generic Final Fantasy Warrior of Light Four mm. Crystal story. At least Adventure was like its own thing, yeah. with like the Mana Tree and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was interesting. So yeah, we'll put it. We'll put it below Adventure. So now Final Fantasy Mystic Quest is officially the number eight most enjoyable Final Fantasy thing. Oh yes. Now let's move on to the most Final Fantasy list. Mm. So. I think it's it is more final fantasy than at least the first two final fantasy legend games. I'll agree to that. Mm-hmm. I think it's more final fantasy than adventure. I agree. Is it more final fantasy than legend 3? I, Let's I think would, about that. I feel like it it has to be. Cuz what so legend 3, what did we say about it that made it final fantasy? You know, there's different worlds you're going to. There's mm-hmm. airship. Yep. There's like kind of time travelish stuff. Yeah like a fantasy and sci-fi mixed together kind of thing huh this one's a tough one i I just don't think there's like a, a way that i could say that that mystic quest is less final fantasy than legend 3 though like i just feel like the legend games like didn't seem so final fantasy to me yeah and like this this like like i would say if you were to rename mystic quest it would just be final fantasy for kids yeah that's fair like and so yeah, like yeah, like my a kid first final reckon- fantasy yeah yeah my <laughs> first final fantasy so yeah okay so we'll put it so it is above legend 3 now there's no way we're putting it above final the yeah, first final fantasy game, yeah right? no way no way. it can't it's not gonna beat that like that's you know it is it's we have put things above the first Final Fantasy, obviously, but yeah, I don't think Mystic Quest is more Final mm. Fantasy than the first Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, like like maybe this could be like Final Fantasy 0. 0.5. Yeah, or yeah, something maybe. something like that. Yeah, this feels like, it's, it, it does feel very similar to the side games we've played so far. And it's so weird to me because this isn't um like part of a different franchise. Mm-hmm. Like all the other ones were like, they're different. You know, it's a saga game. It's yeah. a mana game. This one was just Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. As far as I know, I don't know. Let me pull up the wiki again just to double check. Yeah. But um, it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of like a bridge between both, like yeah. between the main games and the side games. Yeah, so yeah, it is very much like Final Fantasy 0. 0.5. Yeah. So I think, I think that is what we'll do. We will officially put this game, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, at the moment is officially the number seven most Final Fantasy thing we've... Talked about we've done yeah um it, a good game great game yeah I, I loved it i had a good time it's short and sweet yep L- not even 10 hours like nine and a half hours basically other games take us a long time you know it's not a bad thing that games take a long time I, mm-hmm. inherently i don't think like with final fantasy 5 it got a little long just because it kept like just kept on going and kept and going. going and going and like it, it uh pretended to end multiple times yeah. and then you just go to a new world so, but I I think that we're going to get into like some longer games oh, yeah. coming up. And like I think that could that is going to be something that makes them greater. Yeah, cuz cuz you get to spend a lot more time with the character. Mm-hmm. That's what I liked about Final Fantasy V. is like you even if it was like even if it was I got a little tired at the end of it, like I it was still fun to spend time with the characters and mm-hmm. like develop their stories and level up their jobs and things like that. Yeah, That that was fun. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to get into like we, like you said last episode, we are truly getting into the golden era yeah. of Final Fantasy games right now. Next up, next episode, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, the a classic. Yeah, one, for like most people. Yeah, one of the one of the ones that people say is the best one. Yeah, and I know basically nothing about it. Yeah, same. So I mean, I'm very excited to dive into that. Um, we're gonna do that later today. We're mm-hmm. gonna start Final Fantasy Six. That one obviously is gonna take us a little yeah, longer, so yeah. the episode there's gonna be a bigger gap than the one that you just had in between episodes. so still uh, not a year still not a year. it's definitely not gonna take us a year yeah, no way we will we will blast through this one as fast as we can. oh yes,
0: but and, I and
2: am, it's it's pretty close to being on to seven yeah and, Which and will that's be like even more that's fun. my when we came into final Fantasy or into infinite fantasy that was my favorite final fantasy game. Mm-hmm. so i i guess we'll see compared to the other ones that we've played so far if that if that stays true yeah. or not um maybe 6 will dethrone it i don't know. we'll see. um but yeah, i guess that's all i really had to say about mystic quest. good game. i recommend yeah. it to anybody who can get it. Yeah, i agree. i had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, you'll you'll be able to breeze through it very easily. It's not that hard, but it's it's a little fun yeah. time. I loved uh, playing it on the SNES. Yeah, like great. SNES is one of my favorite consoles, and and like the past couple games we were playing on like a uh, not an emulator, but like yeah, like screen on, like, the sharing PC version. Yeah, on Steam. Yeah, but uh, it was it was really nice to play it on like an actual console with the actual controller and yeah. all that. And there will be like 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 we said like with the this golden era of Final Fantasy happening, they've re released a lot of these games on like modern consoles, mm-hmm. so we'll be able to start. Yeah, playing it on on real consoles yeah. instead of like doing a weird like rigged like connect to the computer to the TV, mm-hmm. connect a controller to the computer, things like that. Like we're gonna we're gonna really be able to speed through these things. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't know. No promises. Yeah, we'll see. But we're gonna we're gonna get through them, and you're gonna have your Infinite Fantasy episodes in no time, oh, folks. Yeah. And with that being said goodbye good get it's it you got you got it we got to come up with something eventually. yeah spencer's place is always open to you
1: no, that one's not it <laughs> i don't know it. But we'll figure good. it out
2: we'll figure it out yeah. folks don't worry
0: Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes.
3: Hi, everybody. Hi, Doctor Nick. <laughs> <laughs> dr nick
4: yeah you dr have... nick rivera nick Re... hi everybody hi everybody you don't remember dr nick i don't remember oh dr. my nick. god the simpsons
3: oh okay okay I, I i wasn't like dr nick was there a show and i was like is that like a like dr oz there's a dr nick that's weird <laughs> all right sorry hi hi this is tim for precarious <laughs> pixels with me as always ...is Bob. I'm Bob. And Dr. Nick.
4: And I am also the voice of Dr. Nick for tonight's performance. Very cool. <laughs> it's a terrible impression. And you're welcome.
3: You're welcome. We're back again. We are. And uh, not as far between as, as last time. Um, uh, we've been watching some stuff. We've been working and, and all that other stuff in between. Uh I, I don't know. I blew where. Tim's mind before. Yeah, this we we were having a discussion before. before this whole thing started, and I was like, "Oh, we have to talk about this on air because I have feelings. He has feelings. I'm pretty sure we're on the same page with um, Arcane as, as the greatest show that's ever. Been. <laughs> that's not the discussion we were. Tim
4: having. has watched Arcane. Though. I have. We
3: should discuss it. We'll discuss it briefly. Um, and among other things that we've been watching. Because I think
4: the other part could play into uh, Riot Games' future as well.
3: Oh, that's true. I mean, they could start adding this stuff to theirs as well. Uh, Well, just a a quick overview here. Uh, We're talking about a little bit of stuff with NFTs and putting them in games and why that would happen. But before we get into that, uh, we have been watching some stuff and playing some stuff. You've been playing a game called First Class, First Trou- class Trouble. Trouble.
4: Yeah. It's free with PlayStation Plus right now on
3: PS5. Oh, I didn't realize it was a free game.
4: Yeah. I I wouldn't have paid for it because I would never have thought this could work. And, coincidentally,
3: yes. it barely functions. <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> of course it does.
4: It happens every time. They, Sony is, I, I don't know where they find it. They find expertly independent games mm-hmm. to a fault and they say you're independent and by this i'm saying budget right uh, low budget game should be out there for millions of people to play on day one server based do you want some help with the servers i'm sure you would like some help with
3: the servers because <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna crash Oh, oh, Sony. So now we're... Sony is like the funny like, they've been a company forever, and they keep making the same mistakes, like, over and over again.
4: I mean, it's not really a mistake. I, it happened with Fall Guys, if you remember that.
3: Yes, it, yeah, it did.
4: And Fall Guys was great, but it barely worked right the first couple of days. Even the Worms game they put out. Oh, really? Worms made a 2D battle royale, and I bet you didn't know that. I did not know that. called the uh, Rumble, Worms Rumble. Okay. And it was like fast worms.
3: <laughs> <laughs> fast worms.
4: Yeah. Well, uh, have you ever played the old worms game? Oh, yeah, yeah. I totally so played that. Worms were turd-based. Yeah. And the point was to try and take out the other team's worms, however many they had. So like, right. it's usually, I think, stock five, maybe. Yeah.
3: And I think there was like there was a series of games like this. It was like Lemmings, Worms. I forget well, lemmings name. was different. Yeah. Lemmings, you
4: were trying to keep the Lemmings alive. That was single player. Right. This is, Worms was, you were trying to kill the other Worms, the other teams of Worms, in right. a hilarious manner. Yeah, Whether course. it be old ladies with shopping carts. Right. Super sheep that flew through the air and exploded. Right. A mole that would, like, knock out the ground underneath them. Mm-hmm. Stupid stuff, but it was a blast. Right. They made that into a 2D, real-time, 100-player. Uh, it was probably not 100. I don't think it was 100. It might have been 40. Okay. Player, Battle Royale game. <laughs> Last worm le- le wins. Right. The end. Okay. And that didn't work. They won because why would it? Of um, course. But this game, first class trouble. Somebody out there said to themselves, "You know what's big right now? Last year during the pandemic, Among Us." Right. We're gonna make that.
3: Yeah, and- I could. I totally like see where they were going with this. I was just like, oh, because uh, you were describing it to me, and I was like, yeah, I, I've heard of this game. They're just trying to cash in.
4: They are, but. There are some advantages to this one that Among Us doesn't have, mm-hmm. at least without mods. Okay. Um, in this one, you can team up. So it's you have two robots that are the bad guys, and the rest of you are people on this future spaceship. Right. Your goal is to figure out who the robots are, if you're a person, Okay. and stop them. Uh, and to do that, you can team up. So one person can hold them in place, and another person can choke them, Okay. and then they're gone. And that is the only way, aside from capturing them in, like, an airlock and knocking them out, but that's, like, impossible, to take them out that I know of so far. Um, so it has to be a team effort to take them out. Okay. Which, obviously, the the bad guys should always be a little stronger because it's two versus eight. Okay. Or two versus six. I think it's six. So I think there's eight total players. Okay. Okay um the robots however a lot of fun mm. um they have their own little robot chat as it should be so <laughs> they can press a button on their on their control pad and um talk to the robot no matter where they are say, hey, hey i want to get this guy into this room so we could take him out right quietly right great Um, they also have advantages like they can hack into the air system by the way the game the the way it keeps going instead of doing tasks right like in Among Us right your goal is to keep the oxygen meters full and then yes there are minor tasks on each floor Mm -hmm. but nothing like there is in Among Us where it's like mini games almost right this is just tap R2 in succession (laughs) okay (laughs) to like rhythm bars gotcha um, but you have to also keep the air full, because the oxygen is constantly depleting, and the robots can sabotage that. Robots goal obviously take everybody out, even if that's by lack of oxygen, because you are, in fact, a robot, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that, that <laughs> was, when.
3: yeah, I was just saying.
4: But you still can be choked, which is weird.
3: Oh, you could be choked to death? That's,
4: so the robots can get taken out by being choked to death, so one person, one human can hold them, and the other can choke them. Okay. And if that happens, that robot is gone. Okay. And they turn into there's a game afterwards, which I will tell you about, but I'm saving that. Okay. It's great. But yeah, the the robots have all sorts of tactics, and the humans do too. They can push whoever into fire, okay. or electricity, or other hazards like pools. But um, it's a lot of fun. Also, I have a blast playing off people's paranoia. Okay. And convincing them that everybody but me is the bad guy, even if I am the bad guy, it's
3: a lot of fun. I can imagine. And it's kind of like the same thing as Among Us. It's just like, you know, they have their own little thing.
4: But with Among Us, I think it's a little different. Because the the um, the Amogus okay. that aren't bad. Right. That's actually what they're called, I, I know. believe. Yep. Um, they have no recourse except... To call a meeting and hope that everybody votes against the people that are bad oh, so okay. it's just talk to convince right. you can't just take out one of the bad guys you have to get the whole team on board with okay. this you just need two people which is great in my opinion because now you have more chaos and you right. want a game like this to be constantly crazy yes and you can also see everything um in this game it's like a 3d it's a third-person game. It's not. It's not like top-down like Among Us, and it doesn't have those weird fog of war, if you want to call it, where it's like dark in the areas outside oh, okay. of your direct vision.
3: Kind of like with, um, I want to say, like Command and Conquer, where you you don't see that part of the map unless you're like right there.
4: Yeah. Well, even more so with Among Us. Um, if it's outside of your highlighted circle, mm-hmm. you can't see it. It's just black. Right. Or gray, but you can't see what's happening there. So you have to hope that you see somebody if they're the bad guy go into a vent because the killers are the only ones that can do that. Okay. Or killing somebody. But yeah, this it's um, it's constant. It's constantly crazy. A lot of fun. Uh, definitely worth the price of admission, which is free.
3: Which is free. So I I, I imagine they didn't put too much time into it. Um, there was time to do it, but there's
4: also microtransactions to make your characters look ridiculous. Oh, okay. When you do die, you turn into—they don't call them Roombas; they call them something like Zumbas or something. But they're okay. basically just little vacuum dro- drones. Yeah. That you can you can hang out and you can talk to the other dead vacuum drones, and fly around. There's like mini games where you can like just race whoever can hold on to this one. It's like a like an umbrella. Okay. It's an umbrella. You can carry it around on top of you, and whoever has that the longest, you can have bragging rights as the dead guy. But it doesn't matter because you still
3: lost. <laughs> well, you know what? But I guess that makes you feel a little bit better that, like, you go were one of the first people or robots to be taken out. No, you want to You want to survive. You want to survive, but, you know, not everybody's going to survive. And, you know, you're not, you're not just, you know, bored. And you You can, can do little things. You can vacuum stuff up.
4: And then shoot it at the people, but they can't—they can't see it. Only you can. So you can like fill their whole face with like forks by shooting it at them. I've nice. done that. Nice. Because you can also fly. It's anyway. So, I strongly recommend first class Trouble.
3: Okay. No, that sounds like a fun game. Um, so other games that we haven't played but have watched. Um, so League of Legends. Uh, I. Um, well, I mean full disclosure about how I learned about League of Legends was I'm a big fan of uh, Robert Valley um, if you don't know who he is uh, he's Oscar nominated short film maker uh, animation best known probably for his work on The Gorillas and The Jersey Boys and The Jersey Boys
4: yeah The Four Seasons Robert oh Robert Valley
3: yeah different Robert Valley <laughs> that's um, what it might
4: have been Frankie
3: Frankie Valley yes His brother, Robert, uh, decided to go into animation. (laughs) But he's best known for uh, doing, uh, like, the animations for, like, the... uh, the, I'm trying to think of... Besides the gorillas, uh, he... If you saw uh, the Tron Uprising animated uh, series... Yeah. Like, did a lot of work on that. I think there's a couple other ones he's worked on here and there. Um, He's done some... uh, some short films and other music video stuff um but he also did some work for league of legends and i think he still does uh he also did uh if you saw the what was the uh the netflix series i think it was like um uh i think it was like I love say, death and robots yeah i think that's the one it, it was like that one he did like the one that was the Man, it's gonna kill me. Like the the one it's about the, the the robot that like basically lives forever and like keeps wanting to uh, paint these giant blue murals and stuff like that. It was it was pretty good. He did another one for the newest version, which I think was like them, a group of people running across the ice from like giant whale space whales or something like that. It, you'd have to see it as in, you would crazy concept but his style is very distinct in that but he did uh i think he really likes doing shorts and i know he did one of the openings for i'm sure league of legend uh not only that but probably also uh they do a lot of character introduction videos and i'm sure he's done some animation for that as well uh and that was kind of my way into finding out about league of legends and then i found like they also do a lot of like uh have other animators and so forth, character designers who like work on those projects that I, that I'm big fans of. Um, and they league of legends, such a weird kind of, it's a steampunk world, but it's a magic steampunk world. Uh, and it, they have just every kind of character, like, like Lord of the Rings and also like Harley Quinn type characters that kind of show up and like, weird mystical gods and wizards, but also um, weird mechanical people and hulks and like everything you could possibly imagine. And, but they have backstories for like all of it. And this is kind of like their first, like, I think they're tipping their toe into it, but I imagine, uh, I think this has been received pretty well. This is arcane, which is about the story of two sisters who are, uh, future characters in League of Legend. One being um, Jinx, uh, who's kind of like their version of a Harley Quinn kind of character. Um, and then her sister, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but it's going to kill me, but she basically has a big mechanical arm <laughs> that she that punches people. Uh, but like a, like a magic steampunk world, it was it's honestly some of the best animation i've seen in a while uh it uses a version of 3d and 2d in a very interesting method everything looks like it's like a a hand-painted scene i've i would put it up against like like pixar level type of stuff it's
4: v is it v or vi
3: i think it's vi i think it's Vi. As a, like, it, like so. Violet or something along those lines. But it, it's kind of like a, a weirdly, str- like, class warfare kind of thing. Uh, in the steampunk world, there's, like, the rich people, and then there's, like, the poor people who live across the bridge. And the rich people kind of, like, you know, are, like, I guess... It's I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a very Victorian kind of like era because that kind of fits in with the steampunk, where it's you know people who are living in poverty and like extreme poverty versus a bunch of like very rich elites kind of thing. Um, but all the I recognize some of the characters that show up. Echo, I uh, uh, recognized his character um, shows up as, like, a friend, like, it is kind of, like, one of those things, that's like, these characters are slowly introduced, like, a bit at a time, um, and you start out with the sisters being very young, and the first three episodes are kind of, like, their backstory of, like, how they got involved with this kind of class warfare thing, um, and it's almost kind of a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the Charles Dickens, um, Oliver Twist, where it's like they're like you know street thieves kind of thing, Yeah. little gangs of kids, and they're you know fighting against other little gangs of kids kind of thing, and then it kind of like builds into this bigger story of of uh uh rich versus poor, but also people with technology versus people with not kind of thing. It it's all like very interesting, well developed. The actual like voice acting cast is pretty good. The the animation is just astounding. I don't know I don't know if you've seen like any of it yet.
4: No, I haven't. I'm but
3: sorry. uh I'm sure if you're a big League of Legends fan, uh you'd appreciate it. But not knowing too too much about it, um I fully enjoyed it, like the story so far. I think they've only premiered three episodes, which kind of sets up the the past version of these characters. And then I think they're gonna do a time jump with the stuff that comes out I think Friday. And I think they're going to do it, like, every Friday for, like, the next, like, couple of weeks. It's, like, a new episode.
4: That's wild. They're doing...
3: Yeah, it's not all at once. Like, the first... I think last week was the first episodes, and they dropped the first three. Uh, and they're... I think they're, like, 45-minute episodes. And they have, of course, Imagine Dragons does the opening song, because I think that's a League of Legends thing, that they made a song for League of Legends.
4: Of course, why wouldn't they?
3: Of course, why wouldn't they? So, um, but all very well done. Uh, the characters feel real enough. Like it's, it's, everything seems real enough that you're like, you buy into the world. They thought it out well enough that you buy into what's going on. And there's, there's robot people and things that look like, you know, uh, Final Fantasy characters running around and you're just like, it all still kind of fits together in a, in a, in a certain way that kind of like works for it. It's like a it's magic, but it's also steampunk and it's also um just you know just every kind of like weird character you can imagine and they all kind of fit together in their own way. But uh definitely worth uh checking out, I I would say. And I'll I'll keep walk watching it and we'll maybe Bob will eventually get into it. Who knows?
4: Yeah, I'll check it out. I mean hopefully. We've got a i got
3: to get to it.
4: There's a few things I've been wanting to watch, but yeah. I, I keep hearing good things. and
3: Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. That, Eternals, you're all good. Yeah. Your favorite, Eternals. I, I
4: don't think you'll even commit to saying it's good.
3: What? Eternals? Arcane? I think it's very good. That's, <laughs> that's a nice little pivot there. <laughs> well, we'll wait until... Uh, so I've seen Eternals. Bob has not seen Eternals yet. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything for him. Um, uh, so... We'll wait for the review on Eternals. Here's my opinion on it before Tim uh, reviews
4: it next week. My opinion on it ahead of time is that it's something I have to watch specifically because it leads into better stuff that I'm actually interested in.
3: Yeah, I could see that. That's That's a problem. That is kind of a weird thing. Because if you do too much of that,
4: I'm not going to be interested in it. Exactly. And luckily, luckily, the next thing is Spider-Man.
3: It is true. Like, the bigger thing is probably going to be Spider-Man. I think they know that, too. Does it... Uh, I
4: don't I don't even know if you want to answer this, but mm. will it connect with Spider-Man?
0: Is Eternals?
4: Yeah. Possibly. Okay, so it's not even, like, for.
3: That's weird, then. Not necessarily. Like, I don't think... If you probably walk into Spider-Man, you don't need to have seen Eternals. Because I did see Venom. Okay, and they make I know that in Venom they do make some references. Uh, they do more than that. Yeah. What's even weirder is they put out a trailer for that the Morbius movie with Jared Leto.
4: Yeah, which is still happening. I put my my friend put it on Facebook that there was a new trailer. I was like, what? Yeah, still happening. Yeah, I was like, oh, that movie's still coming out. I'm pretty sure that movie was announced. The trailer came out. It was coming out april 2020 yeah I think. it was coming right, out really quick right after the pandemic started like right. full swing in america and then they delayed it and then after that i swear mm-hmm. after that delay they announced venom they put out a trailer for venom and they put out venom
3: right <laughs> this is, how did this but let delayed? me tell you that like when i saw that trailer they couldn't say marvel enough uh, In that trailer, Marvel, Marvel superhero, Marvel. He's a Marvel hero. Hey, Venom. Remember Venom? Venom is... He mentions Venom. Hey, you know that guy that was in that other Spider-Man movie? And he was also a Batman in 89? Oh, yeah. He's in this, too. <laughs> Marvelous. Yes. And then there's, like... This is the other thing, because they know that they... Because Tom Holland's, like, the multiverse stuff. There's ref, There's posters, uh, I think, wanted posters of toby mcguire spider-man in the background in which one so i don't know in, in, Mo- morbius? in, Mor- in morbius and uh, everybody's like and there's also i think references to the andrew garfield spider-man and i'm just like so what universe is this what where does maybe this- it's not you know what that would explain it if
4: this is like some weird multiverse thing right maybe they explain why he looks like a freak in that one
3: shot yes <laughs> which honestly when i saw that one shot i was like okay that now he looks like morbius from the and comics the- if the they continue with vampire. him, if they continue with him,
4: they're just going to make him look like Jared Leto and occasionally bite people.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm I've I when I saw this coming out, I was like, I wonder if Venom's going to just show up at one point in this this in this movie. Have you seen Venom yet? Uh, I've not saw, seen Let There Be Carnage. Okay, well I won't. Say I really want to yet. because
4: you a you should yes because I love the
3: first one. It's just a fun movie.
4: I've heard people say that. Venom is annoying in this. Mm-hmm. Disagree. Okay. Disagree completely. Right. Um. I will say that Carnage is annoying in this. Okay. Whoa. Well, wow. Just because. Okay. And let's just go with the fact that they have another character in the trailer. In in none of the trailers, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. that's super important. Right. And I'm offended.
3: I can is, I I don't want to say too much, but I think I know who's who's actually in it. Yes. And I'm just like, it kind of surprised me that they would make that tie-in. No, you might not be. Oh, okay. Can you can take a guess? Is it is it S- Spider Man? Nope. There's no reference to him saying, "I hate that guy." No. Okay. No. Like he sees something on the news. Like somebody had said that there was something. He sees somebody something on the news of Spider Man. There's said,
4: a broadcast at one point, but I don't think he says I hate that guy.
3: Is oh it's and it's not Jameson, right? No. Okay.
4: All right. Then I. Have I won't. I won't spoil anything. I mean, I will say that at some point they do. Uh, I think you hear Jameson talking. Okay. But um, no, there's another character. Tim. There is another main character in this movie that they show Mm -hmm. before Carnage, before Venom. Okay. And they have zero billing in the trailers. And they're super important. And the person that plays them has been in one of the biggest franchises of all time. Oh, wow. And it's not one of the ones you're thinking of.
3: Because so, it's none of the ones people would guess. Is it Old Man Chris Evans shows up? It's not. It would be amazing if like just Old Man Chris I'll Evans was like, oh, Venom. It's a lady. His okay.
4: And she has done an accent before. Okay. And she usually, in the other roles she played, that was one of the biggest franchises of all time, mm. she had some weird makeup and an accent. Oh, Okay. Well, who knows now? I know. You do. But you're never going to watch this movie. So, uh, to add on to that, they were... This particular person... Okay. ...was in two of the... One of the longest-running franchises of all time, which we've recently discussed. Oh, okay. And one of the biggest blockbuster franchises of all time. And my favorite... My favorite asian movie that's not asian of the last 20 years (laughs) wow and that movie's ninja assassin oh and you're gonna have no idea who it is and i love ninja first off if you haven't seen ninja assassin and you want to see stupid fun yes that is and also crazy stuff
3: yeah, that is a crazy um, Ninja Star Bullet Time uh, movie.
4: Not just Ninja Star Bullet Time. I'm talking like shurikens taking out entire parts of cars yes. while they're driving down the road. Like Ridiculous. It's, it's so good. And it's so mid-2000s. And it came out later than mid-2000s. Oh, much later. It was like 2009. I think so, around there. But
3: it's like... Zack Snyder's ninja movie. What's even funnier about it, it's written by somebody who has written, I believe, an Oscar-winning movie.
2: Of course, this one should have won
3: Oscars. Honestly, yes. Because it's great. Uh, And it was... I don't think it was... Was it the Wachowskis? Wachowskis? No. No way. I think it was a Wachowski... I'm not saying they Maybe they produced it. They produced it. But also, most redundant name ever, Ninja Assassin ninja means assassin 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 so it's assassin assassin I don't see their Or ninja ninja. On it. I see they should have just called it ninja ninja I would have gone for that
4: that's ninja uh, afro samurai
3: afro samurai another great piece of work but that's
4: ninja ninja
3: yeah would have been even better yeah I,
4: I wasn't crazy the same person is in all of these things
3: yeah I know exactly who it is now who is it uh, is it Money Penny? It is! Yes. Um, Naomi
4: Harris is her yes, name. Yeah. Do you know what the other franchise was? So you got the longest running, you got Ninja Assassin.
3: I'm trying to think what the other. Like, what else she's been? Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, really? One of the biggest
4: franchises of all time. I totally forget this. Yeah. Yeah. I told you. Stupid accent, bad makeup.
3: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And also, one of the weirdest parts of that that whole movie series, I, I, I don't. She's only in two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's in two of the biggest movies two of, the big, of like, all time. Of the first one. Yeah. Like, it's the first. Well, before that, we knew it was going to be a, a trilogy, the first trilogy. And then. The first ones. I love that there's a hard separation. Well, this, no. And then. Well, I think those are the ones that. Um, what's his name? Uh... Is it Gore Gore Vidal? Uh, Gore Verbinski. Gore Verbinski, yeah. Gore Verbinski. Verbinski. Director of The Ring. The American version. Yes. But yes. um, (laughs) Because it's just so... Like, those movies just get crazier. It's like, oh yeah, and Fishmen, and Crabmen, and other weird stuff that we can just throw in there. Davy Jones. And... Whoever else, and then it becomes like they like the next movies. I, I think what how many did they make after that? Did they make another two. like three? I think they made two more. I thought they made three more.
4: I think there were only five. They haven't made the sixth one yet, to my knowledge. Okay, they made the one where they tried to do it without or- Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley. Knightley, and then they made the one where they tried to make it with Orlando Bloom. And then Keira Knightley shows up at the end.
3: Yeah, but that, not even really them in it. Like, they only show up at the very end. Yeah, but it's about them. Kind of. Like, it's their stories. Story. Yeah, it's like the end of their story.
4: And then uh, Jack Sparrow is canceled. Johnny Depp's canceled, so he's not in the new one. No, he's it's definite. Oh, okay. They had talked for a bit about replacing him with Margot Robbie, because she's wacky, man. Uh, But also, I don't know. But that's the reasoning I think was. I think, she's yeah. wacky man. And she's Oscar winning or nominated, so they're just like oh, oh okay. what's yeah.
0: that? Yeah.
3: And honestly, like if she wasn't Harley Quinn in the um uh what was it? The Suicide Squad stuff, it's she does a great job. Like the, the Suicide Squad stuff, like she kinda keeps that character going. Not all the movies she's in are, are great, but I think that she would always does a great job. I I
4: think she'd be fine. Yeah. I just don't... I hope they don't call her, like, Jack Sparrow or Jane Sparrow or something. Yeah. Like, just make her own thing. Like, yeah.
3: There's... Some of the most successful pirates were actually women. Yeah. In fact, I think the most successful pirate was a, a woman uh, in China. That I believe the Chinese government had to pay her off.
4: Oh, they can't do Chinese pirate after... Um the but they movie. did have one, yeah, Michelle and fad that's what I'm saying. they already had
3: that, well, no, and then they had Madame, I think that's who that one woman was when they had the big pirate Coven thing, or like there was a woman there, and I think she's like that supposed to be like that, representing that person. Yeah,
4: those movies
3: they were crazy, it's there it's, was so many crazy things in those I was just like there is a part where the um, they're in a giant wooden wheel um, Yeah, I remember just that. cruising down the beach. Like, like there's Here's triple, a fun... triple crosses and like, oh, this person's really double crossing this person, and double crossing that person, and it has to do with the East Indian Trading Company, and what? What else? I'm going to make a fun drinking game for the audience. The Kraken. If
4: you're old enough, okay? Here's the drinking game. Every time they
3: say release the Kraken.
4: No. Uh, You could just do every time they say parlay. Parlay. But, no. Here's the drinking game. Watch two Pirates of the Caribbean
3: movies. Okay.
4: Doesn't have to be right in a row. Maybe over the course of a weekend. Sure. Then, explain the plot to them without messing up. Yeah. (laughs) Do it. And every time you mess up, you have to take a drink. Sure. It's over. Because nobody could. You could be writing those movies. You could have seven lines written. And somehow those movies come out as gibberish. (laughs) And Johnny Depp falling down. And that's it. Yeah. Because without those movies, or without him,
3: those movies don't work. They barely work. They, with yeah, him as comic him, relief? Yes. they. It is kind of like, I remember there was, I forget which one it is, but there's one I'm watching, I think we, I was just like, uh, I don't know exactly what's going on here. I don't know exactly why we're, we're in the underworld. We're not in the underworld. And, and the other part of that is Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey yeah. Rush is kind of like the straight R pirate kind of person. Here's another
4: thing for you. Let's add this on. Okay. A drinking game where, if you can explain when Jeffrey Rush's character became a good guy... Yes. And how, you don't have to drink.
3: Yes. (laughs) The weirdest thing. He's just a good
4: guy now because they like the character.
3: Yeah. Well, kind of. He's not really a good guy. But he's not a bad
4: guy. No, exactly. He helps them all the time. Yeah, I know. He's not even an anti-hero. You just... He just shows up. He's, he's actually, like, yeah, I, I think you. he's almost
3: a, morally better than Jack Sparrow in a lot of those. Uh, it's so
4: weird. <laughs> there's, and, but there's a point where it happened. Right
3: after the first movie.
4: Yeah, and it's just forgotten.
3: Yeah, and then they're like, he's oh. the well, lesser of the evils, maybe? And they were like, hey, for no reason, he's back from the dead, right? <laughs> for no real reason <laughs> yeah. at all. We're just gonna negate the uh, the first movie and just be like, yeah, for no reason. Uh, spoiler alert for Jeffrey Rush coming back <laughs> for, for all this, the rest of the movies. There's characters just disappeared. Like there's the one
4: from the uh, original Office with the eye that kept. Oh
3: yeah, out. the eye kept popping out. Yeah, that guy. He was kind of the, the Dwight in a way.
4: Yeah, he was he was Dwight in that.
3: Right in but... the in the English, uh, the British Office, as it were. Yeah, sorry.
4: Anyway, Pirates right. of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. So yeah, Money Pennies and Venom. And I bet you've seen the trailers and never saw her once. No, not at all. And she's super she's the first character they show, hmm and she's super important. Okay. How crazy is that? That is really crazy. And weird. And the movie is built around her. Oh really? Everything that happens in the movie? Is she like She's the
3: catalyst. Is she shriek?
4: Well, I wouldn't tell you even if she
3: was. Okay, um, there, but there, I'm, is she another Spider-Man villain character. I don't know. Okay, there's how
4: there's like thousands
3: of people. Yeah. Fine, she shriek. Sure. I I don't know if that's what she's calling this. Does vermin show up? Is there like? No. I want like the B list. Uh, I know you know what I want the D listers. <laughs>
4: You Maybe even the it?
3: F-listers of Spider-Man. Because there is a lot. I want, you know, I want the White Rabbit to show up. Do you even know who that is? No. I bet you don't. Nobody knows who that is. Oh, everybody knows who that is. Come on. The White Rabbit? The lady who runs around as literally the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland? That's the bad guy, or the bad
4: character, in the villain in Batwoman, right?
3: No. No, this is a Spider-Man villain from, like, the... I want to say the 80s.
4: This guy's also in it. (laughs) All right, so there's an actor in this. His name is Stephen Graham. Okay? Mm. Stephen Graham, for the first half of the movie, I thought he was Donnie Wahlberg with bad makeup.
3: No, Donnie Wahlberg's making Uncharted movies. But do you know who Stephen Graham is? Uh, name sounds
4: familiar. It should. He's from Snatch. He's Tommy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that guy. He's, a good he's guy. also Capone on Boardwalk Empire. Yes, but I don't know. He thinned out. Okay. And he just looks like Donny Wahlberg being the detective from Saw Two, the whole movie, because <laughs> he's a detective. He's dressed exactly the same. Okay. He has the same, old balding hair. Okay. I was just like Donnie Wahlberg, and his accents stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and this man can do accents because I watched him be Capone right. for four seasons or whatever.
3: And he, he was fine. They were like, hey, can you do a, an accent in this one too? And they were like, yeah, I can do an accent. <laughs> yeah. Is that the accent he uses? It's worse. Uh, is, it bullshit? is he talk yeah. like this? He talks oh, like a New Yorker, man. but he's an
4: L.A. cop. <laughs> or San Francisco, sorry. wait. Venom takes
3: place in San Francisco. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Like, wait, how's he doing a Boston? Does it does that come up? This is like, hey, I was from Boston, but I transferred out here. No, he's wicked smart.
4: He's got the New York one, the New York accent.
3: Oh, he does like a New York accent. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs>
4: and he really hates Tom Hardy for some reason.
3: Well, Tom Hardy needs somebody to hate, or hate him. So. No wait, does he still do the the job that he did in the last one, where he's like a reporter for like a web series or something? No. Oh, well, what is what is he? He doesn't have a job. Okay. All right. He's not a reporter. Then <laughs> no. why does
4: he go visit that guy in prison? Um. He's asked by Tommy.
3: <laughs> okay. But why does he want? But why does uh um Cassidy want to talk to him? That's a good question. Makes no sense. <laughs> is at least his wig better in this one? Tom Hardy's? No. Uh, yes. Uh, Woody Harrelson.
4: Woody Harrelson's wig is better. Good. Tom Hardy, for some reason, still always looks like his hair is either super greasy or wet in this one.
3: Is he? It's that, consistent well, was, in Venom. Yeah, in Venom, he looked like he was always looking like he was a little bit greasy. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, and they chose to keep it. I'm glad they did. It's also
4: super dark. Everything is dark. Yeah. Like,
3: the lighting stinks. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just everything's almost pitch black. Well, I mean, it makes sense for Venom. He's That's what he's all about? He's a black and white costume? What does, if I told you? Let me ask you something. Um, I don't think this is a big spoiler, but does, does the chest symbol ever show up? No, he never gets that white uh, Maybe
4: at the end. Okay. But no, I don't think so. Okay. He does, at one point, Venom and Tom Hardy have a messy breakup.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love There's it. There's no better way to put it, and Venom goes clubbing. Wait, but how does... <laughs> I thought, like, the suit couldn't live without him, he and can't. he couldn't, like, get rid of him. He can't. Oh, so the suit goes back to him? No, he's just like,
4: I'm not going back to you. The heck with this. And then he goes off on his own. Okay. And he, um, he just uses other people's bodies. Venom has a, uh, um, okay. He has the arc of Tobey Maguire in Spider Man 3. The. <laughs> <laughs>
3: How's that? Does he wait? Does he at least <laughs> dance down the street? He does dance. Oh, does he do like the finger guns? And he like... does not do the finger oh. guns, but he does give a big speech at a rave. <laughs> cool enough. Wait, Venom does. Venom does. <laughs> See, there. I hope they make three hundred of these movies. <laughs> I hope. I hope these like outgo uh, the Fast and Furious movies and. Um, uh, and Bond and Godzilla. I I will tell
4: you this movie is 100% worth it. Okay, good. Good, good, good. And there is the little setup for whatever's next.
3: Okay. It's worth watching that too.
4: Okay. All right.
3: All right, I can't wait. I'm definitely going to watch this. I'm going to make Jamie watch it. Uh But uh so Now getting to, like, the thing we actually were talking about. Speaking of Spider-Man and Sony and Spider-Man, um, have you heard of these NFTs, Oh, my God. NFTs.
4: They're the worst thing to happen to anything? Yes. And it's really bleak?
3: I don't... Uh, NFTs, um, in general, are a way of, uh, copywriting, like, digital media, basically. For the most part. Um... And basically rare items and things that I, I guess that you would have or could get in a game or just in general, like images, um, you know, I, I, I'm i not sure how the terms quite work for any of this stuff. Just know that they're things that shouldn't be worth money. Right.
4: And they are. Right. So it's no different than, we'll start off with what NFTs could have been in the past, but weren't. Right. Which are things like Golden Guns in Call of Duty, or now, now um, they don't call them Diamond anymore. There's something beyond Diamond. They have a new thing in Call of Plat- Duty that you can platinum? unlock. It's not Platinum. Okay. Um, but they're, like, crazy. It's, like, dumb. You earn it by playing the game. Right. See where I'm going with this? Oh, yes. Um, and you have that. Cool gun skin on your gun. Right. And you might get one that's like, because now Call of Duty's crazy. Uh, ten years ago, it was like, gold guns were like, the cool thing. Like, you had the gold guns, you represented. Yeah, it was cool. And now, there's people running around in Call of Duty dressed as clowns, literally. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Ghostface from Scream. Okay. And um, Frank the Bunny. Is it Frank the Bunny from Donnie Darko?
3: I, yeah, it is ranked the Body. They had
4: a Halloween event where he was a skin you could buy.
3: Okay. Kid
4: you not. So you could just run around as him.
3: Right. I have John McClane because I love Die Hard. Because Die Hard is an amazing, amazing Christmas movie. <laughs> so now, anytime I play Cold
4: War or Warzone, right. my character is John McClane. Yeah. I bought that. I paid I- money for it, but I love it. Right. And there's audio that matches it in the game. So what they did was they took cuts. If you can die
3: hard, yes. Shoot the glass.
4: <laughs> I'm on your side a hole. Wow. Is one of the ones that'll happen if your teammate accidentally shoots you. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a lot. There's not shoot the glass. So it's all things he would say. Okay. But it's actually Bruce Willis. It's the quotes from the movie. Right. Um They had Rambo too. Makes sense. Like, yeah. But I didn't want Rambo.
3: Of course not. Like yeah. The audio wouldn't be as cool. Kills is as easy as birthing.
4: He meant breathing,
3: but it sounds like birthing. birthing. yeah. <laughs> it was an early, an earlier uh, movie in his career. No, that was, that was four. Was
4: that four? That was Rambo, not First Blood. For me. Wow. Kill is as
3: easy as birthing. <laughs> I didn't yeah. realize he was... I saw him in Guardians. I was like, he didn't seem to like have any problems there. Yeah, well,
4: he wasn't he wasn't just murdering on a low-budget Lionsgate film, man. Yeah. He was on Disney money. That's right. Um, so anyway. His buddy Kurt Russell was like, hey, you want to be in this movie? So now imagine your super deluxe gun skin. Mm. And the, you unlock it, but now it has a dollar value attached to it. Because that's what Activision sees. And they're not even yeah. the ones who said it. Yeah, they're not the ones who said it. Instead, it's EA. Gross, because they they can't stop making money on soccer.
3: Oh, and and just sports in general. Like yeah, but their, like their
4: Ultimate Team stuff in FIFA is like stupid. It's like, hey, you want Messi? Try opening 150 packs. They're like a buck each. Okay, and maybe you'll get him. Wow, so that's gambling, which I'm pretty sure is like outlawed in a lot of places. Which is why NFTs are going to be so important for them,
3: right? Because it's, then you can just earn it. Basically, it's the hologram card, um, you know, hidden within the the regular you know packs of you know cards. But the bigger thing about this is, this is digital media, and it's the if you have an NFT in a game that's like it might be valuable now but in 6 months when the next big game comes along and people aren't playing your game anymore and let's say hey i got the nft that was worth 50,000 in this and i bought off a guy uh who got it in in his version of the game or whatever or had earned it in his version of the game and he sold me his account but now that's only, like, it's only going to be valuable for as long as that game is popular. But here's the thing. You're talking about, we're
4: talking about FIFA here.
3: Right. But let's
4: pivot to the thing we started
3: with. Yes. League of Legends. League of Legends. Arcane. Okay. Do
4: you know when that was announced? Because I I just looked it up.
3: Arcane? Yeah. Um, I think it was, like, probably, what, a year ago?
4: Probably about, maybe a little less. But do you know when? It was an event. Right. It was their 10th anniversary event. Mm -hmm. So League of Legends is 10 years old. Right. It's not about building a game for a year anymore. Right. It's about building a game forever. Right. So League of Legends would be the ideal place for NFTs. Right. Because you're going to play that forever. Yeah. So why
3: not... And it's kind of like, in, almost like with Fortnite, where they have, you know, different seasons and different things go on. They do Christmas versions of their characters. They do, um, uh, you know, different, like, events in that way. Licensed skins. Like, right I'm, now,
4: I was showing Tim. I've, I've been playing a little bit. I have John Wick. Right. And he's awesome.
3: Yeah, and he has a little robotic dog in his back does. in Fortnite. He does. I didn't pay for the robotic dog. Does but... he do a dance? The dog or John Wick? John Wick. John Wick does all the dances. Oh, John Wick does all the dances. Yeah,
4: so your skin doesn't dictate your dance. Right. Because it's your character however you want them to be. Right. Your skin doesn't dictate your pickaxe, your your dance, your weapon skins, or and, your glider.
3: And just so everybody knows, skin is a term they use to describe what the character looks like. Like You can get a, the normal characters that come with the game, but if you want like a special... Basically, the equivalent of, like, an outfit or what the character is going to look like. They call it a skin. So, you have one that makes you look exactly like Keanu Reeves' John Wick.
4: Yeah. And here's the thing, right? Fortnite, I'm willing to support it more. Right. Because, do you know what the price of admission for Fortnite is? It's free. It's free. It's free. You just play it. Right. Right? And you can buy the Battle Pass if you want to. If you're getting really into it and you like it. Yeah. Battle Pass is... 10 bucks.
3: Right. Not, and, not too much.
4: No, and you unlock a hundred things, um, by playing that battle pass if you play it all the way through. And right. now the battle passes are even more ridiculous. It's like a hundred I think this one is 140 things you can unlock. including right. Fully licensed carnage skin I was talking to you about earlier. Yeah. As in this, this year's, or this, it's not even a quarter. It's weird. It's, I think it's like, um, season. 20 weeks.
3: I, yeah, they do like, uh, they do a season, I think of, of, for, uh, for Fortnite. Yeah. And that, that is kind of like the bigger thing with them is like they're always creating new stuff. Like they had, you know, I think there was like the Marvel characters for a while. They did the DC characters. Uh, pretty much like everybody is in there and you can you can pay to, to look like those characters if you want to. But you don't have to.
4: Yeah, some of them you can just lock. I didn't even pay for Predator. Right. I have the Predator by having the Battle Pass that came out then. And I, for that Battle Pass during a timed event you had to find him mm-hmm. and defeat him in battle while everything else is going on in the game. Right. And he's like, he's got all the Predator abilities. He's stealth mode. He's got his little wrist cannon thing. Right. He's got a little shoulder cannon that yeah. shoots like that stuff. Too. Super jumps. Right. It was a blast. Like, that it was, was awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, they, they did that, right? But then what happens when somebody says, oh... This one skin from six years ago, when Fortnite's a little older, is worth a thousand bucks.
3: Because you can't get it unless somebody else gives it to you.
4: Right. Just like, to be honest, there's an NFT out there right now that's a game, in my opinion. Right. Find me a PlayStation 4 with PT on it. Okay. Because you literally can't re download it if you had that demo. Right. The only way to have it is if you never delete it from your hard drive and have the account that it's linked to. Right. And then you can play it.
3: Yeah. So, and that makes it valuable in that way, but only to people that would want to play that.
4: Yeah.
3: Right. But they're putting dollar values on the things. Right. And
4: that's, it creates not people that just want to play it. It creates an economy
3: in something that shouldn't have one it is kind of that weird thing but then it the only thing that I would say this would be a big negative um one to people who think that this is going to you know owning these these specialty things is going to make them money when eventually maybe it will maybe it won't it's really kind of like who knows which way the NFTs thing is going to go but I don't think it's a big deal for people that that just want to play the games in general. Like, like we were just talking about Fortnite, you can just play it, it's free, it's general. If you get the new Spider-Man game and you just play it through, I'm sure you can just play it through normal or whatever. If you want a specialty thing, you have to pay a little bit more for it.
4: But I'm not saying that's the problem. Right. The problem isn't now. Yes. The problem is when it becomes to get the skins in a game like fortnite because i don't think fortnite would ever that's not true i don't think fortnite for the foreseeable future Mm -hmm. would do that right because they have built their economy and it's sustainable however when you take your games like battlefield yes and you say we're gonna force this to be a thing you're going to only be able to get this gun by grinding this many hours or buying it from whoever.
3: From the person who earned it.
4: From the person who earned it or however it's linked. Right. Because I'm sure there's going to be something other than an account transfer because otherwise EA can't make their money on it. They're going to have like an auction house.
3: Right. And that's terrible. That's, all, yeah, that's another bad thing. And then... Not to say they wouldn't do that, but who they knows. They absolutely would. Yeah.
4: They've pretty much done it because you can trade madden cards right so uh, ultimate team cards which are ultimate team players that's already in an auction house so you take that mm-hmm. and you say this one's going to be the rarest card but nobody knows how many there are because it's digital right aside exactly. From them right and you just then
3: sell it to people in the auction house but also this this is where the things could get really dicey really quick because then it's like, well, let's say I was the programmer who worked on that and I know a way that I can actually give that to you without you having to actually – like this This is the thing that could like – This happened. Yeah. This happened with FIFA. Right.
4: Fairly recently.
3: Um, there was a programmer
4: who was selling um, – I, I don't know the correct word here, but – Um, Packs to people Mm -hmm. of specific cards. Right. And he was caught. Right. So it was like, you want this Messi, here's your Messi, 500 bucks. Okay. And it's going to look like a random pack, but I got you. Right. And when you do something like that, Mm -hmm. and you have that capability, who's regulating? Yes. Aside from EA? And do you trust EA to regulate? Not necessarily.
3: Yeah, only on their end, like to help them. Yeah, as long as it's making them money. Like they probably were just mad that that it was like, oh, we didn't think of this and think to do this. Some one of our employees like found out a way to make money that. Well,
4: it's not that they didn't think to do it. They knew to do it. Mm-hmm. They could listen. If they put out a messy pack at ten bucks, they'd sell thousands, right? Right. Your ninety-nine card, ten bucks, but. Their goal isn't to sell the Messi card. Right. Their goal is to sell the hope of the Messi card.
3: Right. Right? It is that. That is kind of the thing.
4: So it's, here's your random pack for five bucks.
3: Good luck. Yeah. One in 60. One in six. It's, it is kind of like that. That is kind of like the weird thing about that. It's like this could potentially be a good an interesting thing and a weird collector's market that who knows what's going to go up on like the next like auction block is like, Hey, I have, I have a Spider-Man Scarlet spider for the Sony version of Spider-Man for the PS five, blah, 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 blah. It's like, and it's on this hard drive that you can have for, we've certified it's, you know, authenticity and blah, 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 like that kind of thing could happen. But more likely is they're going to say, it's like, hey, we're selling you the game, but if you play like if you wanna try to get put like basically gamble to get this, you know, NFT, you're like you have to put in I'm sure they're gonna have it be like a monetary thing, like you have to pay this much money to get this part of the game or something like along those lines. And I just like it's just like they're already making so much money. They're see like but They're not making enough money, Sam. They're not.
4: They're never then, making enough money until they're making all the money. Yes,
3: that's and that is and mm. that's
4: not enough money.
3: There should be uh, more money. Yeah, and this is why. Like, it's companies. Like, it's never fans who are trying to screw over other fans. It's it's people who want to make more money from the video game industry and pad their bonuses even more. It's like, hey guys, how can we get a few more million out of these people that we're already taking millions from?
4: Let me remind you that. Within the last year, I think today is the one-year anniversary of the Xbox right. Series. Um, I'm pretty sure it's today. It might be tomorrow. Okay. Um, the one-year anniversary of the Xbox Series X. $60 per game. Okay, yeah. Sony came out three days later. Mm-hmm. They and Activision and 2K and EA... Right are the people at the forefront of the $70 game. Right. It's going to cost $70 because it costs us more to make them. Does it? Question mark. Fine. Let's go with that. Okay. Every single one of those games still has microtransactions. Right. Every single one. Except for Spider-Man Miles Morales. Okay. Kind of. Kind of. Because you can still... For the $50 Spider-Man that they put out... Right. You could pay another 20 to get the Ultimate Edition with the Spider-Man remaster of the PS4 one. Right. Where all they did really was upgrade the assets a little bit mm-hmm. and change Peter Parker's look for God knows what reason.
3: I think they were like, we need him to look more... Young. Yeah. S- well, not only that, but I think more like... I think he looks like a weird mix between Tom Holland and... think somebody was like it's like but nobody
4: asked for it yeah
3: nobody complained about the way spider-man looked well no it's not that it's just they know that that'll make it more more financially viable i don't know who knows it's whatever
4: but they've still found a way to raise the price of the game right not get rid of the things they said were the problems the reasons they were there is because games were too expensive to make because before seventy dollars, it was mm. we need season passes because games are too expensive to make, guys. Right. So we need to char- We need to find a way to charge you more money. Oh, we found a way to charge you more money. Don't worry, we don't have season passes anymore in Call of Duty. Now we have battle passes. It's the same thing. Mm. It's a ten week season pass, at ten bucks, and guess what? There'll be five, or right. there'll be four. Right. Right. Or it's a twelve week and there's four. Whatever right. it is. Um. then they had uh, FIFA Ultimate Team Packs are still there NBA uh, VC is still there mm. it's all of it and then really quickly I'll get into Grand Theft Auto right false advertising right so Grand Theft Auto loosely false advertising because I would say doing, it's Bob's false. doing air quotes I, I am doing air quotes because Grand Theft Auto the remastered trilogy came out today Right. One of the big selling points in the trailers was updated GTA five controls. Right. The biggest problem with Grand Theft Auto on PS two mm-hmm. was the controls.
3: Yeah. I mean you get the, the controls were a little bit, you know gunfights. Yes. So was, everybody that was probably like the harder part, yeah. All they did
4: was add in a weapon wheel. That's it. The gun every control is still the exact same. Oh, wow. They added a weapon wheel and took songs out. <laughs> and they changed the lighting. The assets are the same. Right. I recommend you look at what the game looks like. If you haven't seen it yet, it right. looks like a PS2 game with modern lighting. They didn't change Fantastic. the character models.
3: Right. They, they didn't update it. They didn't improve the graphics. They didn't do any of that stuff. Ask
4: me how much it is.
3: How much? 60 bucks. Way too much. I, you could buy a, a classic PlayStation two and get that game. You could buy those games digitally
4: on the PS four as PS two classics right. for like five bucks each. They've been on sale. Right. So why are you charging me sixty? Hmm. And removing songs.
3: Right. It's ridiculous.
4: From what I've heard, I have to, I have to mess around with it myself because San Andreas is on Game Pass. Oh okay. So I don't have to support it. Okay. Um. But. Uh, from what I've heard, it's the phone ports or PSP ports of the games. Okay. Vita ports, sorry. Gotcha. Okay, okay. So it's not even, it's wow. not even like remade, remade. Wow. Yeah. That's bad. It's really bad. Oof. But that's 2K. <sighs> so that's wild. And then they they've also, they're launching tomorrow, Borderlands 3 again. On next gen, oh again.
3: okay. <laughs> the game that's been out for how many years now? Uh, three? Th- three, three, three or four, three or four. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, we definitely talked about
4: it before it. I think it. I think it might be three years as
3: of se- September. It was three years, right? So craziness. Um, I I don't know how this is gonna go. We might. One, we might look at this and be like, man, I wish I would have jumped into that. But I have a feeling, at least with NFTs, we're going to look back on that and be like, oh, wow, that's ridiculous. Like, why why did we ever think that was a good idea? Nobody will ever
4: think that it was a good idea.
3: We'll see. We could be wrong. I hope we are absolutely right. I hope so, too. Yeah. It's a bleak uh, future when you
4: sell somebody else's art. Yeah. And And put a value on it for yourself as a company? Because that's what that is to me.
3: Right. I mean, there are digital artists, and I get, like, why they want to sell the rights to their stuff for a certain amount of money and have it be exclusive. Sure. Um, But this is just, like, another company's trying to make more money off, off people that are already paying them millions of dollars. Just because. But next week we'll talk about some other stuff uh, hopefully I'll see the Eternals we'll talk about the Eternals if Bob sees it we might talk about uh, Midnight Mass um, uh, and I'll have definitely have some more uh, Arcane to talk about Um, uh, I think some more episodes come out tomorrow Um, but uh, as always you can find me uh, on the Instagrams at Tim Martinek you can find Bob I'm on
4: Instagram at
3: Bob J Martin M A
4: R T O N and I'm on Twitter at Martin underscore Bob.
3: Yes. And I remembered. Yes, and you can find Precarious Pixels the the podcast and the video on YouTube, uh, Spreaker, Stitcher. I'm still trying to work out what's going on with iTunes. They uh, did some updates, and I'm trying to figure out where <laughs> where our podcast went on iTunes. I think it's still there. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's still doing the updates I can't do like see if the if it's still updating on the stream but i, I I'm guessing it still is then um, but you can find us uh, on those podcast networks and on YouTube uh, check us out um, and as always uh, we'll talk to you next week with a ton more stuff
4: yeah we're still there all right we're we still didn't there
3: disappear guys we're still there guys all right talk to you next week bye bye
0: Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. Live from a basement
5: in Dubuque, Iowa. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and 4 hours from the closest professional sports team. It's not a lie, if you believe it. On the banks of the Mississippi River.
2: i oh, funny how? I mean, funny like I'm
0: a clown, I am you.
5: It's the Degenerate Sports Betting Show with Matthew Friedman. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now your host, Matthew Friedman.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Freeman. Matt at the Oracle. Welcome to the Degenerate Sports Betting Show brought to you by Best TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season long and daily fantasy and sports betting content. Your degenerate heart desires, including my fantasy football write ups and all of my NFL size totals and player props. Use the highly original promo code Friedman for 20% off of your FTN subscription. That is Friedman for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out the show. Subscribe to the Best TV channel on YouTube and rate, review and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. It is Monday afternoon. And today we're taking a dive into the markets of Monday night football's Niners Rams game to uh, find some plays that, you know, maybe we'll make some money. I don't know. No guarantees, no guarantees. I'm a degenerate, no guarantees, but I'm going to, I'm going to comb through the market and maybe we find something that ends up being a winner. Producer Tom, Thomas Viola, psychic on the controls, connoisseur, pasta, Titan tomato sauce, bully Joe junkie and long suffering Jets fan. Tom, Monday night football. Let's, Let's
5: uh let's get into it. Let's get right in. It is Rams versus 49ers here. The line was around four. It's actually moved to Rams three and a half. Opened at three. Got bet up a tiny bit and then bet back down. Swing and a miss for me. I took them at minus four, but I think we'll be okay in the end. The Rams are four and five against the spread, five, three, and one to the over-under this season. 49ers a mere two and six ATS. Five and three to the over, though. A couple trends to look at Rams, one and six against sub 500 teams against the spread so far. 49ers, they're 0 4 against the spread in their last four home games. And the dog has covered the spread in each of the last four meetings between these two teams.
1: Tom, I, I have to ask um, the Rams are 4 and 5 against the spread on the year. And yet you said they're one in six against the spread against sub 500 teams. That doesn't seem to make sense.
5: That trend goes back to last year.
1: Goes back to last year. Okay. All right. I, I don't know how, how uh, Reliable representative year, yeah. it is, you know, cause I mean, that's the Jared Goff, the Jared True. Goff Rams.
5: I, I don't hey, think that's,
1: that's too applicable.
5: He had 80 yards passing this week. Jared, Go- <laughs> J- Jared Goff is no longer completely defeated without Sean McVay.
1: that's true he's no longer completely defeated uh that is a great way of looking at it um still winless though um but also you you could probably make the case that uh the rams that we saw last week uh they were just as bad as the golf rams so uh who knows maybe maybe the trend of one and six against sub 500 teams uh is still applicable but um i I do think that the good news is that the 49ers are not the titans they they are not the titans they they definitely are not the titans uh let's talk about the side first yeah so yeah let's do it tom if you uh feel like you were a donkey and buying the rams at four uh i bought them at the zenith at four and a half uh last sunday so that's not great but uh i honestly i don't think it's gonna matter Uh, i am very happy to bet against kyle shanahan at almost any number uh, in this situation, uh, at home, he is 10-22-1 and 1 against the spread for his career. Th- this guy has no home field advantage. If anything, he has a negative home field advantage based on the way in which he calls games when he is at home. Uh, and you look at the Rams, they have an edge in all of the categories uh, or most of the categories. And I think the biggest edge, obviously, is when they are on offense and they are passing the ball. They are second. In EPA per play, expected points added per play. And they're going against a 49ers defense that is 26th in dropback EPA per play. And the Rams, first in dropback EPA per play, second in dropback success rate. I mean, just a fantastic matchup. Whenever the Rams want to throw the ball, they're throwing against a defense that has not been good at stopping opposing offenses from throwing the ball. The running game, I don't know if it matters that much. The 49ers do have the, the defensive edge there. They're 9 in rush defense DBOA. Rams 24th in rush EPA, and you're going to see a similar advantage for the Rams, sorry, for the 49ers when they are on offense running the ball. They're 19th in rush EPA going against a Rams defense that is 20th in rush EPA. I, I get that the 49ers offense tends to be more predicated on the running game, but You have to stop the pass. The Rams are good at passing the ball, and they're good enough at stopping the pass. They are 8th in drop-back EPA. The 49ers offense is 15th in drop-back EPA. I just think the the Rams team is too good for the 49ers. The 49ers have been bad, underwhelming most of the year. This is a bounce-back spot for the Rams. I don't know. I I know the market has moved strongly to 35 this feels like a touchdown game to me.
5: I, I, I'm in the same boat like this, the, uh, this feels like granted a lot of these, this feels like it should be this games have gone the complete opposite way so far, The especially the last couple of weeks. But I, I have been against the 49ers all the way from the beginning of the season. Actually, when I was still, when I was still out looking for work, I was posting some mm-hmm. videos about like just, Trying to get out there and post analysis for football games and stuff, and I did one whole one that was just this 49ers team is bad, and all of these people taking them to win the division are insane because the, the, Jimmy G is still your quarterback. Your receivers, I mean, at the time I was like Brandon Ayuk is pretty good, but Debo Samuel and the rest of them, like, what gets you excited? Now that's the other way around, where it's Debo Samuel and company. Kittle's fallen off a little bit, and the defense is not what it was a couple years ago when they made the Super Bowl
1: hmm Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fully there. Uh, not interested in this 49ers
5: team at all. And very interested in betting against them whenever I have the opportunity. I am right there with you on that. The totals at 50 and a half. This this feels like an under game to me. I, I think that I, I think that the only way it gets to 50 and a half is if the Rams put up 40 points. And I don't think that this game is gonna go quite that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I don't have an opinion on it. Um, This number feels about right to me. Um, I could see how the Rams actually have a significant uh, offensive output. But, um, yeah, I mean, maybe they don't. It is a divisional game. They are on the road. So I can see how it goes against them, too, uh, in terms of the over. So I just – I don't have an opinion. Like, if this were – if this were, you know, like, 45 and a half i'd obviously be pounding the over if it's 55 and a half i'd be pounding the under like 50 and a half it's just like it's in the wheelhouse of just wanting to stay away from
5: it yeah but both of these teams are slightly over teams this year but this no i, I just can't envision a scenario where this game gets to that point i don't think that we see like a 35 28 shootout it it just it just feels like it's gonna come right down in that area of maybe 30 to t- the 35 to 17 something like that i it it just has one of those feelings for the game if i was going to lean anywhere i'd lean under yep all right as billy idol would say it's a nice day for some prop betting matt let's talk about some player props here in this market for this game you know what you know what we're throwing up the banner monday edition of prop (laughs) palooza all right All right, let's get into it, looking at some of the top props. Matt Stafford, touchdowns under two and a half, minus 208 at BetMGM. Jeff Ratcliffe likes this one.
1: Yeah, I I have to disagree with Jeff a little bit. And uh, normally, that's not something I I want to do. Um, He has this going under, I think, projected for around anywhere from like two to uh, 2.2 touchdowns in that neighborhood. Um I don't know. I I feel that this is a little bit steep. Uh, I'm looking across the market now and uh you can find this at uh let's see, yeah, minus one eighty six FanDuel, minus two hundred bet MGM, minus two hundred at DraftKings, and uh also like I'll just like say as a blanket statement, check out the prop shop where you can see uh see props for players, all of their props listed out at each book So you can see where the best line is. This feels steep um, for a total. That's just a little bit over 50 points for a game. Three touchdowns is very attainable for Stafford. He has at least three touchdowns in five of nine games this year, minus 200 or thereabouts. We'll just say minus 200. It indicates a 66.7% implied probability And we just don't see that historically in what Stafford has done this year in going against a pass defense that isn't all that good with the 49ers. uh, I mean, I think there's a decent chance that he hits three. Like, to me, this feels like 50-50. And so if I were going just based on my numbers, I would be betting the other side of this over two and a half plus 150 at DraftKings. That said, you know, it's known that I am a, a humble guy. So I'm not going to be betting over two and a half because I do know that Jeff Ratcliffe is very good at creating projections. One of the best creators of projections in the industry for a number of years. And if you look at what he's doing right now in the accuracy contest at Fantasy Pros, he's number two overall among all rankers in the industry. And so I don't want to bet against Jeff on this. So Jeff is saying one thing. I think the historical numbers are pointing in another direction. I'm just staying away. But if I hadn't looked at what Jeff had projected, I would actually be betting the over on this at plus money, at, at plus 150. That is the way that my heart is leaning. But again, I'm a humble guy, so I'm going to stay away from this.
5: I, I I'm completely with you there. I, I saw that and I was like, really, the under two and a half this this feels like one of those games, but. Hey, if the, if that's what Jeff's saying and you're staying away, then I am going to do the same. Now, a prop that made a lot more sense maybe earlier in the week, Van Jefferson under four and a half receptions. You said the number's now at three and a half. Uh, it's minus 160 at DraftKings, but that's probably shifted a little bit. Robert Woods is out. Odell Beckham is in. But uh, apparently Van Jefferson might not see the same action, even with the whole Woods situation.
1: You know, let me, let me look, let me look, this is fantastic, uh, fantastic show right now with me taking the time to go to DraftKings so I can actually verify what we have, uh, what we have listed. So the number, yeah, the number actually is four and a half. For for Van Jefferson earlier in the week, it was three and a half. And then in the wake of the Robert Woods news, it is four and a half. Um mm, I'm gonna be tempted. The under, the best place where you can get the under is Bet MGM minus 161. I am tempted very much to take the under here uh at four and a half. So um Robert Woods is out. We all know this. Odo Beckham Jr. is in. Jay Glazer has reported that rookie wide receiver. Ben Skoranek would actually play in the Robert Woods role um, instead of Van Jefferson. So it seems as if OBJ coming in is more of a replacement for Jefferson. And even with Woods out, it doesn't seem as if the team is planning to use Jefferson in the Woods role. They're using someone else, which means Jefferson, in theory, is going to the bench or at least isn't going to see as much action in three wide sets. I'll just say that doesn't make much sense to me. Like in my uh, history of doing rankings, creating projections, the guys who are already on the field and getting regular usage, those guys tend to stay on the field. And so in theory, we would have seen, Jefferson go to the sideline, but with Woods out, I do think it's likelier than not that Jefferson plays more than Scoronic, but whatever, either way, Woods is out. OBJ is in the thing is, I think that we see OBJ get a significant chunk of the work, the targets that would have gone to Woods, even if Jefferson is still on the field. So I don't know if Jefferson is actually getting a massive bump in his workload. And as it is, he's gone over four receptions in just one of nine games this year. So there are multiple ways in which this game could go away from Jefferson getting the four and a half receptions. You know, one is that Skoranek sees more playing time, one is that there's really not much of a change in target distribution for Jefferson because Odell Beckham Jr. gets a lot of the targets that otherwise would have gone to Woods. And maybe this turns into a blowout for the Rams, which like, I think that's possible. And then they run the ball much more and throw less than we anticipate. Any of those outcomes or some combination of them could all result in the underhitting. Four and a half is a really high number historically for what we've seen out of Van Jefferson. So this number... It does intrigue me. Bet MGM, minus 161, under four and a half receptions for Van Jefferson. When we get off the show, I will think about betting that one.
5: <laughs> uh, okay. I, maybe that'll be the one that I go with, too. I'll, I'll try and pick at least one of these out that I really want to follow. Um, I know I'm going to be taking a trip down to the sports book because the bag rolls has been getting a little thin on the app, so I got to reload, uh, reload some accounts. Let's move over to the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell under two and a half receptions. It's minus one eighty eight at Fanduel. And uh, Jeff's prop shop calculation had it at ninety nine percent edge. What on earth is, is this? Is this that feels like a lock? As much as that's the kiss of death.
1: Yeah, um, that that feels slightly aggressive to say ninety nine percent edge. But you know, it's it's graduated in the way, so it's not just like that this is a a pure 99% edge, but I think it's sort of like within the standard deviation of the various edges that are out there historically, that this is in the 99th percentile in terms of edges that you would see. Um, But yes, I I think there's value in taking the under here, under two and a half receptions for Elijah Mitchell. I actually already have that in the bet tracker. Uh, I bet it at minus 160. The best number out there right now, based on the prop shop is minus 170 at DraftKings, I do see value on this. Mitchell, last week, he had five receptions on five targets. But that was his only game this year with more than just two targets this season. So, like, I mean, there's a pretty good chance that um, just based historically on what we've seen out of Mitchell based on the way that the 49ers could approach this game and the way that they split the work within that backfield where hasty has been more of the receiving back. And also Kyle use has also gotten some work as a receiver out of the backfield. I don't know if Mitchell is really, is really the guy to be getting a lot of targets. So I will take the under Elijah Mitchell two and a half receptions.
5: Okay. I'm going to throw some other quick props out at you here. Let's just get your feel for some of these Rams, Matthew Stafford, passing yards over or under 281 and a half. And he lean on that.
1: No, there's usually not much benefit to betting quarterback yardage props. Like if there's going to be value on it, it's going to be uh, in part because it is so off. And if that's the case, that normally means that other props are off too. So the attempts, the completions, like those props will be off. And normally they will be off by more and it just makes more sense to bet those also like with quarterbacks, there's sometimes value in the rushing yardage prop, but for the passing yardage prop, I, I tend not to bet those too much. Cause I just, I normally don't see the value there.
5: Next up, Daryl Henderson, his rush yards prop is at a nice 69 and a half right now.
1: If I had to bet this, I'd probably go over. Um, but I've seen this sort of split, between different projection sets somewhere on the over somewhere on the under the 49ers have a pretty good run defense and that would probably make me stay away. Like this number it's within
5: the realm of where it should be. So I'm not going to bet it. Cooper cup receiving yards, 96 and a half. Any interest there?
1: Yeah. Let me look in the prop shop really quick just to make sure that we're seeing the best line out there. Yeah, so this is 96 and a half, 97 and a half across the industry. I'm I'm interested in the over here. And uh the best place to bet it based on the lines is FanDuel over 96 and a half minus 110. I think this uh I think this line is kind of near the floor for Cooper Cup. Uh his average is 113.2 yards per game. His median is 108. So it's not as if there's a huge Tyreek Hill-esque kind of discrepancy based on like what this guy does 50% of the time and what he does on average. I think if you take away his top game, take away his bottom game, and that's a way of sort of like, sort of I wouldn't say like cleaning the data set, but sort of like taking off the most extreme outliers in both directions. If you do that, we have a yardage range of 92 yards on the low end in 156 yards on the high end. And this line is set at 96 and a half. And I mean, Cup is facing a 49ers defense that is not all that good in pass defense. Robert Woods is out and Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't know the offense. So he could have a ton of targets coming his direction and he has 10 plus targets in every game, but one, Nine targets in every game. So let's assume that nine targets is the floor for Cooper Cup. But like he could conceivably have like 12 targets in this game. If that happens, I think there's a pretty good chance he crushes the over here. So I'm going to be looking at betting this when we get off of the show.
5: I'm liking that one too. But my favorite, Jimmy Garoppolo over. Over half an interception at minus one twenty five. I, I feel like Jimmy G is normally good for one absolutely backbreaking turnover a game.
1: Yeah, I the numbers. I this one is a little bit hard for me to to get on board with. Like I see it, he has five interceptions in seven games. He's had an interception in four of the seven games. The Rams have twelve interceptions in nine games. Uh, and if you just sort of look, you know, on a game by game basis, they've had an interception against the starting quarterback in seven of nine games that they played. So the averages are good. If, if you look at our, um, our odds converter, uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah. If you look at our odds converter at FTN bets, you can type in minus 125 and you see that that comes out to a 55.6% implied probability. And the historical numbers would suggest that, you know, there's maybe closer to like a 60 to 65% chance of Garoppolo throwing an interception in this game. Um, But I don't know, like I could see the 49ers being so run heavy and this is sort of like... A projection of how this game plays out. But I could see, given the matchup, the 49ers being so run heavy and so conservative with how they use Jimmy Garoppolo that he actually doesn't have much of an opportunity to attempt a turnover-worthy throw. So I don't know. I, I see the value in the over, but to me, this just feels like one I don't need to bet.
5: I get where you're coming from on that. I think that for me, I feel like the Rams are going to be in the ahead in this game and it's going to force the 49ers to have to pass the ball more towards the end. And I think that that's re- especially if they're chasing the game, that's where you have some prime possibilities there. Obviously game could play out differently, but that's the way I see it potentially. going.
1: I, I see that here's, here's one, I wouldn't say caveat, but one thing to think about if the 49ers get down by like 14 or 29 or sorry, 21, like what do you think the chance is of Trey Lance coming in?
5: Like it's probably,
1: it's probably not all that
5: good, but it could happen. If if, if Trey Lance is coming in, Jimmy G's thrown a pick already.
1: Like Uh, maybe, probably, but I don't know.
5: I, I, I think it's more likely than not that he has a pick if Trey Lance is coming in. Yeah. But yes, he could just be woefully inefficient, but I think if that's the case, he's still been throwing some pretty terrible balls.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's possible. I think it's also that the scenario could be, they are so, so desirous to ensure that Garoppolo doesn't throw an interception that he's just throwing all of these short passes that are completed, but they're not going anywhere. And then they just think, okay, like we're getting our butts kicked. We have to change something. But I I see the, like I can see the argument and like the numbers all point towards the over. It's just,
5: I'm not going to bet it. Well, we're making an awful lot of hay out of one interception here, but Elijah Mitchell, his rush attempts number is at 14 and a half right now. He's, he's been getting a lot of carries. This feels low.
1: Yeah. He's dominating the backfield. He has a massive edge in carries over all of the other running backs when he's active. Uh, I think this should be 16 to 17 carries, uh, in terms of like the projections that are out there. And if I had to set a line on this, it would be at least 15 and a half. Um, I will probably be betting this when we get off of the show.
5: I got a whole list of things I'd like to bet. I'm gonna have to gonna have gonna have to parse through them and see what, what we're gonna be hitting. But one last uh one last receiving prop here. George Kittle, 59 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I kind of threw this one in there because Kittle usage has been not terribly great this season. It
1: it actually hasn't been bad the past four games. You know, he's pretty consistently been around that eight to nine target Mark in the past four games early on, his usage wasn't good. And then he was on the injured reserve. So we didn't really get to see him much, but um, you know, I think this number is about right. Uh, I've seen it in different directions in different projection sets. If I had to lean a direction, I would probably go under um, in part because I could see the 49ers running the ball, which is why I think Elijah Mitchell's rushing prop should be uh, a carry or two higher But if I'm optimistic on Elijah Mitchell getting a lot of run, that probably means I should probably be slightly pessimistic on the receivers in this game and what they might do. And so that would lean towards the under here. The way I'm going to invest in this general thesis for how the game plays out is in the rushing production for Elijah Mitchell instead of fading George Kittle. Because I also kind of don't want to take that. Because Kittle could have... He could have four targets and still hit the over here. So I just, I, I'm probably staying
5: away from this. Let's talk about some touchdowns because we have, of course, first touchdown score, last touchdown score, and anytime touchdown score. Is there anyone that's catching your eye in this?
1: Yeah, Cooper Cup. Um, and it's it's probably chalky. Why are you looking at me like that?
5: Jeez, that's, think- the chalky, that's the chalkiest possible thing here.
1: Of course, it's the chalkiest possible thing. The thing is the anytime odds are minus 120. And like, that's that's nothing, right? That's a 55, a 54.6% implied probability. Cup has 10 touchdowns in nine games. He scored in six of nine games. He's getting targeted in the red zone, in the end zone. We have seen him historically within this offense. Now, granted, in previous seasons, it was with Jared Goff. It was his BFF, but like, We've seen him be targeted near the end zone. This is just sort of like where he lives. So I kind of don't think that it would be all that all that much of a reach for him to score a touchdown here. Like if you had to pick one person on the Rams who's going to score a touchdown this game, it would be Cooper Cup. Uh, I don't know. I I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to bet this because I normally don't see a ton of value in touchdown props, even though... Uh, Jill Gallant, who does great work at FTN bets, specifically focused on touchdowns. The guy's like a touchdown savant, he does great work in it. It's not my thing, you know. Like, I just tend not to see a lot of value in betting touchdown props. Uh, and especially Jill, like, he's betting them at plus money. That's probably the way to do it instead of betting it at minus 120. But if I'm honestly saying, if I had to bet any of the touchdown props that I see, cooper cup feels like the most obvious one because i think this line should be closer to 150 to 180 instead of minus 120
5: i i definitely do agree with you on that like the cup is most likely going to score in this game and minus 120 isn't a ton of juice to be paying on that
1: that's not egregious
5: yeah that's not that's not bad at all it's just of course like he is the favorite to score he's right up there daryl henderson is also at minus 120 at DraftKings. what about obj and he, can can I interest you? He's 10 to one for first or last. He's plus 140 to get one in the game. Can, can I interest you in some Odell Beckham?
1: No, no, I'm staying away from Beckham until we see how he's used within this offense. And if I were to do anything, I would kind of be inclined to bet the under um, because they have, you know, reports again from Jake Glazer. They have indicated, uh, they being the Rams, that there will be a sort of like, quote unquote, like package for Beckham, like a section of the playbook. But that kind of means like maybe he's not out on the field all that much. Like it's it's hard to know exactly how he's going to be used. So I'm just not I'm just not going to speculate on it.
5: Uh, There was a rumor swirling around that he might even return punts in this game.
1: That would be incredibly stupid.
5: It would be vastly stupid, but I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. Um, I, mean,
1: I mean, Cooper, why do that when you can have Cooper Cup return funds?
5: Oh, God, please. No. My fantasy team begs you, no. Um, I, I'm i feeling kind of a lottery ticket here. 14 to 1, Tyler Higby first touchdown score. You break down the red zone targets for this team, and obviously Cooper Cup leads the way with 21 targets, 30.9% of red zone target percentage. Robert Woods was the second man up with 16 at 23.5%. Higby was right behind him with 13. Obviously, Cup is going to get a couple more. Odell Beckham is going to slot into some of Robert Woods' production, but I feel like for this game, Tyler Higby is getting enough targets down in the red zone that maybe I'd make a play on him to be the first first touchdown scorer. This isn't, this isn't coming from a massive analytical place. This is coming from a, I could see the Rams going down the field and the tight end is open in the end zone on the first drive.
1: I can, I can see it, Timothy. I can see it. One thing that helps is that um, Jaquiski Tart, who's the strong safety for the 49ers and who historically has been really good against the position, he is out on injured reserve. And the 49ers' tight end defense, as a result, hasn't been as strong in the past two weeks. So uh, I could see it. I, I mean, I'm not going to bet it, but I could see it.
5: I'm going to tell you right now it's going to hit because I am not going to bet it. <laughs> And therefore it is absolutely, I did the same thing a couple of weeks ago. I was looking at first touchdown score and I go, Ooh, DK Metcalf 10 to one. And sure enough, he scored like the only touchdown of that game. Yeah. That's, that's how it works. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for us here on the degenerate sports betting show today, Matt, where can people find all of the great content you're putting out each and every day?
1: You can find all of the work at FTN on Friday. I published the fantasy football breakdown on Thursday, the best bets article on Tuesday, The fantasy football rankings, which I update on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, all throughout the week in the FTN bets tracker. I'm loading in my NFL sides, totals, and player props, and sometimes some NBA player props. And on Twitter, on YouTube, on your favorite podcast app, and on FTN, you can see daily episodes of the freedman Fantasy Football Show and the Degenerate Sports Betting Show. And always use the highly original promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. All right, that is the show. You can find me and Tommy B on Twitter. At Matt F.E. Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode.
0: Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. Now that football season's here, it's time to put some serious thought into what you'll be ordering from Uber Eats. Whatever's on your game day menu this NFL season, Uber Eats has you covered. They'll deliver whatever you order quickly and just how you want it, so you can stay in the game. Tonight, I'll be eating Uber Eats, the official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Uber Eats is bringing you game day deals all season. Order now.